Chapter 14 Dem Kisk, My Dear Two dragons lay atop each other, lodged in the crook of an outcropping thrust from a jagged mountain peak. Yathazandra saw immediately what had happened. They had battled high in the clouds and become entwined in a deathlock, claw digging under scale, teeth clamped into serpentine neck. Their wings had become tangled, making it impossible to fly. The resulting plummet had been a test of will. Who would relinquish the grasp first to make the desperate glide to remain airborne? But neither had relented, and so they had impacted here, throwing up a ring of ice, stone, and dirt, and setting off an avalanche that collapsed half a mountainside. Yathazandra flew over the bodies. The impact had mangled a dragon of day, Haptanar, only two thousand human years old, inexperienced, foolish. The other was black, but the scales shone under the gray winter light enough to make the body glimmer a silvery gray. Oxyosh, who had flown by night long before Yathazandra herself had come into existence. She alighted next to her fallen friend, placed her hands upon the scales of its twisted neck. You shall be avenged. All of us shall be avenged. She took again to the air, circled once more, and headed south to Serenhill. Upon her return to the now humming halls of her northern holdfast, she observed with satisfaction the men who had come with Tarek Petoro unloading wagons, setting up their smithies, and detailing Nazg work crews to move slabs of stone and fresh timbers to the work sites. Bizd Ma had sent his Drick folk with the stolen goods. Much would still be in transit as there was a long distance to cover, and much of it would be through the subterranean ways due to the snow in the passes. The Hargath had intended Serenhel to be the first fortress of his new empire, and he had planned to restore it to its former glory. But he had not intended to live here long. His aim had always been starside. Foolish man. He had been too much consumed by greed and hatred for her little cousin. Yes, Starside was extremely defensible, but the same qualities that made it so, backed by impenetrable mountains and secure in a narrow bay, made it difficult to use as a base from which to project power through the world. Starside was rich and strong, but her little cousin did not rule over subjects beyond a few days' sail north or south. The Hargath would have squandered most of the Nazg forces, taking Starside, leaving him little strength to turn westward and begin the conquest of more realms. Yathazandra would not make that mistake. On her flight home she had overflown growing encampments of the Nazg armies, which had gathered in the passes and valleys. The endless constellations of cook fires and shelters had impressed even her, who had seen a hundred wars. The uncountable masses roared as they saw her soaring overhead, and she spoke to the babe growing within her. Behold, Kill, the time of your return is come. The forces of night gather to gift you a world. But Yathazandra was not content. She still needed to move this ravenous horde out of the mountains, 
and there was only one Durslin wheel in the north. It would take months to file these creatures into Serenhel and down the twisty passages and stairs into the Durslin cavern. The Nazg were not noted for their patience nor their orderliness. So she bade Razka send only a fraction of her forces to disperse through the Durslin wheel. The main body would traverse the western passes, first to take Stolid, but the way west through the Hailshock range was blocked by heaps of snow. Delays, delays, always delays. But she knew of a method to clear those passes quickly. Dragonfire. She retired to her private room, a solitary chamber high on one tower with a northerly view to admit the iciest mountain air. Here she bedded down upon a Nazg-crafted pallet, closed her eyes, and settled her mind. As a Dragnathan, the Mercusine was her essence, and if she listened closely, if she silenced her thoughts long enough, she could call to her kind. Dragonkin of night, I have summoned you, and yet you do not come. Hurry to me, hurry to Serenhel. I offer you freedom from this hateful world. She was not long waiting before a reply came, and the voice was one she expected. Bazron, the oldest of the Dragnathor. Patience, child, we come. Are the eeries above Serenhel clear of day, or will this be the long-foretold battle? The Eries have been clear since the Elnissians left this place. They have been clear for an age. The battle you seek lies ahead. We must prepare. We come, and then we shall counsel. Yoth sat up, irritation warring with satisfaction. She did not intend to counsel with anyone. They would do as she commanded, for she was the mother of Kill but she would address that when the Dragnathor were present. She settled once again, sinking deep into the Mercusine. It was not a comfortable state for her. She disliked the thoughtlessness of it. She preferred to plan, to act, but the coming war would be vast, and even kill required allies. Dragnathan, come to me. Hear me, Exo. Hear me, Clane. They were the two Dragnathan of night who had been imprisoned with her here since that hateful day. She wished there were more, for each could answer for thousands of mortal men. But she did not intend to send them to battle just yet. There were other tasks for them, ones requiring more subtlety, more stealth, more patience. She had called them once before, before the Hargath's death, but they had been stubborn, as usual. Now her words carried the resonance of Kill's power. They would not be able to ignore the power of her summons. As Yoth had devoted her essence to flight and fire, the other two had devoted theirs to the Mercus. And so it was that Exo and Clane dimensed into her chamber, thankfully eschewing the excess of Mercus green that Flamishdak so loved. Yoth sat up and greeted her guests with an imperious lift of her chin. Clane had his arms crossed and a skeptical look on his face. He was man-formed, 
and though he could manifest wings, she had never seen him do it. He wore a loose white tunic over baggy trousers. His feet were wrapped in the curious sandals common to men in Lostra, far to the west. Around his neck and wrists were gold chains. Gold hoops pierced his earlobes, and his wavy brown hair was swept back and oiled such that it stayed perfectly in place as he moved. Well met, Yoth, he said in his silky baritone. He looked like a man of thirty, though he was nearly Yothazandra's age. I believe you were lying in bed when I last saw you. Well satisfied, I might add. Exo snorted and threw up her hands. You two are depraved. And you, dear sister, are a prude, Yothazandra said, not deigning to rise. What name do you go by this time around? Lady Winnea, niece of His Majesty Warren Pasty. I'm quite content with my station. It leaves me to my pleasures. But I suppose Trine is much warmer than Serenhel. Too warm for one of your disposition. Yoth's younger sibling had huge floofs of blonde hair, painted eyelids, and rouged lips. She wore an elegant gown, something appropriate for a ball. She'd always enjoyed the frivolous frocks of the posh classes. With her mercusine powers, she could be a queen like El, but instead chose to be a lesser noblewoman, biding her time, aging and appearing to die, then being reborn and coming into some new society to begin her slow social climb. She never wearied of it, but unlike Yothazandra, Exo had flown at twilight. She had never been fully committed to escaping this wretched world of mortal flesh, never fully committed to night, for that matter. Is it true you have finally gotten with child? Exo said. Why now? Yoth stretched languorously before stalking toward her sister, relishing this moment of revelation. Dem kisk, my dear. She placed a hand on her belly. Surely you feel him upon the Mercusine. I bear kill within me. And so it is time for you to choose. Support night and live. Support day and be destroyed utterly. Yoth raised a finger and cut off her sister's retort. Don't think you can return to obscurity and hope Paul smiles upon you when Dem Kisk comes. Unless you support me with your full will and power, you are my enemy. When Kill comes into this world, he will reward those who helped establish his realm here. Refuse me, and he will feed upon you. I think you know what that means. Exo blanched, hand going to the sapphire and diamond necklace at her throat. She toyed with it, likely not realizing she had acquired such a foolish human tick. Clayne still had his arms crossed, but he nodded and pursed his lips. And you have spoken to the Hell Lords? What need I of their counsel? Do they bear kill within them? No. They shall grovel at my feet when I leave this world. Smiling, she placed her hands on his chest and pressed her lips to his. When he returned the kiss with eager appetite, she pulled away. Is that what you want of us, groveling? Clayne asked. 
His tone of amusement was betrayed by a twitch beneath his right eye, an age-old tell of his inner rage. His ambition had never been matched by his discipline. He thought he should be emperor of all domains, but the truth was he was lazy. Who bestowed this honor upon you? A Akisnathan, indirectly. Can you believe it? It started with a young Merculin called Ten. So hungry for power was he that he entered a blood ritual in Ititi, where a Akisnathan was summoned. In return for a large sacrifice, it granted the young, ambitious man oracular powers, heightened his mercasine such that he had to pluck out his own eyes and retire to solitude. He proclaimed himself Hargath and schemed to remake the world under Till's law. She laughed merrily. What a fierce and unforgiving god he supposed Till to be, if he had only known. He'd served Kill from the first moment. Yoth enjoyed seeing Clane and Exo pretend disinterest. She knew they burned with curiosity. She continued, You see, the Kisnathan's true blessing was passing into the Hargath the seed of the Kill notion. The gods have long forgotten who they are, barely existing as minds, but each is drawn to its nature, and this world is so delightfully full of darkness, isn't it? Perhaps that is what caused the kill notion to stir, to wake enough to whisper to the Kisnathan its wishes, guiding it as one guides an atlan with tugs on the reins. Clane scoffed. But why you? Ah, see, this is where it becomes more delightful. The Kisnathan did not intend for kill to come through me. He was meant for another. She laughed with delight. I stole him. Who was the intended mother? Exo said, biting her lip and already sagging with defeat. I believe it was a thief girl from Starside, Kyla Sai. She has enormous Mercus power, according to the Hargath. He was obsessed with her, though he thought it only because of her power. It was the only aspect of her he would find attractive, for a pretty face or figure was little interest to him, even before he removed his eyes. Clane released his arms from their tight clench across his chest, now showing more signs of agitation. Kyla Sai? The girl who flies? He dug into a trouser pocket and pulled forth a folded slip of paper. He handed it to Yathazandra. The sketch was worn, torn at the edges, and stained with rings where sloppy cups had been set. Yoth had not seen Kyla Sai before. In the likeness she appeared small, shaven of head, wearing the crown of kill upon her brow. A felnathel, poorly drawn, peeked from behind the long cape of her station as highest of kill. This is Kyla Sai? Yoth began to pace, studying the picture, emblazoning the girl's features into her memory. The Hargath had been obsessed with her, and she understood why the Kisnethid had planted such a compulsion into his mind. This explained the old man's unresolved need for her, his soul void that could only be filled by her. He claimed to want her power— but Yoth had always known his hunger was seated lower in his body.
This girl was the true desire of his loins. Had he captured her and possessed her, he would have gotten a child upon her, and that would have been kill. The Kisnathin's scheme had been turned. It had not anticipated him betting a Dragnathan instead. Yathazandra smiled and handed the sketch back to Clane. She flies? I find her most curious. What gives her such power? Clane relaxed and smiled. He had an air of someone who knew a tasty secret. Tell me, Clane, how does a human girl become so powerful? To be known to a Kisnathan? She is God-blooded. Impossible. Till barely exists in this world. Paul and Ori haven't borne offspring so recently, or all Domania would have rung with the power of it. Besides, they hardly exist now as ideas, much less as thinking entities. Clane said nothing, but merely smiled, enjoying her frustration. Yoth lunged, gripping him by his throat. In three strides, she carried him to her window and thrust him out. He dangled there, a five-hundred-span drop beneath his feet. Yoth's skin thrilled as mercosine bolts formed around him. She didn't care. Try to harm my babe and your death will be a mercy. She squeezed, feeling the soft human flesh of his throat compress under her fingers. You've grown weak, Clane. Did you know the Yasnathan can come and go from this world? Perhaps I should summon Flaumestak and have him demince you home. Without breaking free of this prison, such a return would doom Clane to untold tortures at the hands of the Hell Lords. Yoth had realized that the destruction of this world was their high aim, and the reason she and her brethren had been exiled here. They would not be free until they freed themselves. No, no, Clane's words came out choked and desperate. Let me go. I'll tell you what I know. Yoth complied, releasing him. His scream echoed from the far peaks as he plummeted. She turned and found him on the floor, panting, encircled by Mercus Green. I'm pleased to see you retain some of your old skill, she said. It will be needed. Exo wrung her hands and stared at Clane. You dimensed while falling? That's... that's... Impressive, Yoth said. Clane is very skilled. He even taught our little cousin a few tricks before she betrayed us to walk beneath the sun. Now, Clane, tell me what you know of Kyla's sigh. Red fury shone in his eyes. More mercosine hummed around him as he got to his feet. He staggered, a faint. With a yell, he threw his hands out, sending forth arcs of violet light. They flashed toward Yoth, searing her vision purple. She felt nothing. Impossible, Clane said, panting. Yoth's vision cleared, and she found him four paces away, shoulders and arms flexed in rage. Sparks of power scattered along his form. Exo, lend me power. No, Clane, Exo said. Yoth should be convulsing on the floor from that bolt, but you saw how it arced around her and dissipated. She must have a relic of some sort protecting her. No relic, 
Yoth said. Merely kill inside me. Your attempt to kill him is noted, Klain. As of now, you are doomed to his caprice once he's old enough to understand your betrayal. But perhaps you can earn his mercy yet. Now answer my question. Whose child is Kyla Sai? He looked up at her, angrily, rubbing his throat. She is of Kill's blood through Semuin. Yoth's wings manifested and unfurled behind her, brushing the ceiling of her bedchamber. Semuin? That wanton nymph? I thought she was one of Till's whelps. She pulled her wings in and wrapped them around herself like a black cloak. A new realization stoked the dragonfire in her. But she isn't, is she? How marvelous! Yoth laughed with delight at the ancient scandal just discovered. I wonder if Till ever knew Lumni bedded his brother. I wonder if Semuin even knows her true father's name. Klain smirked. I doubt it, or she'd have thrown it in Till's face. She's petulant and capricious like that. Exo shrugged one shoulder and tilted her head toward it. Such a weak show of nervousness. She had grown insecure by habit and needed a strong reawakening to her dragathan power. Yoth wondered if she had even used her mercusine in recent memory. Exo said, Semuin is a rebellious child. Till forbids her mortal love, so what does she do? Lures mortals to her veil and ravishes them, body and soul. And now the Psy girl is half mortal, half something else the perfect vessel to receive the Kisnathan's kill seed through the Hargath. But it's so incestuous. Yoth dismissed Exo's human moralizing. Where is she? Where do you think? Semuin's veil, of course, Klain said, once again smiling broadly at Yoth's frustration. Just fly there. Just fly there. But Semuin didn't allow anyone into her hidden grotto, who she did not want there. It would be nearly as difficult for Yoth to find that place as it would be for any unwelcome mortal. Yoth abandoned the project before starting it. She's more virgin than goddess, being Lumni's child. I'd waste too much time and gain nothing of use. Kill will decide her fate, either to bestow upon her his love or his wrath— but this Kyla Sai might be a problem. Kill may favor her, and she was powerful enough to kill the Hargath. That made her intriguing and dangerous. Yoth couldn't help but muse about how she might turn the girl to her own use. The Hargath was foolish to face her in the flesh. All I know is what is on this handbill, Klain said, pointing to the sketch of Kyla. The rest is wild rumor having traveled thousands of leagues, such that one could hardly credit any of it. But this says she's the highest of kill, Exo said, peering at the sketch. Doesn't that make her our ally? For when the babe comes, she can lead his way, draw followers to his glory. There will be but one highest of kill, Yoth said. Me. When he comes of age, Kill will destroy this world and release us so we can return to the Domainic realms. Have you not been listening? There is no need for a way of Kill or human followers. She moved to stand close to her sister, who had always resented being a hand shorter. 
Now Yoth emphasized the difference, wrapping her wings around Exo and drawing her even closer. Exo threw up panicky hands and swallowed hard. A strange buzzing came from her, and Yothazandra knew she was forming mercosine bolts of her own. She was about to dimense. Clane, stop my sister from leaving until I dismiss her. Clane raised a hand and more resonances passed through Yothazandra. She didn't know what either of them had done, but Exo's building feet fell silent. Her face transformed, going from frightened noblewoman to imperious and outraged Dragnathan. This was Yathazandra's sister in her true form. Yoth released her. Exo spun on Clane. If you dare to bleed my feet again, you'll find love heart in your chest. She pulled a slender blade from her sleeve. The hilt was ivory, the steel a five-inch piercing design, a round spike tapered to a point. A rondel dagger, perfect for dark alley kidney stabs and bedchamber heart thrusts. Clane raised an eyebrow and clucked his tongue. A shadline, are you? You disappoint me. Exo sheathed the blade as quickly as she had drawn it, but the look of warning did not leave her face. Yothazandra took a subtle step backward. She was wary of Shadline weapons. Her own sword had come with her from the Demanic realms. It had its own powers in its own needs, but these Alnissian blades were tricky. Possessing such a weapon does not make one a Shadline, Yoth said softly. Not unless you've spoken the oath. Have you? Exo lifted her chin and attempted to look down her nose at Yothazandra. It made her look like a petulant child. I do not have to tell you anything. But if I had spoken the oath, what of it? Such vows aren't binding on our kind. If anyone should know that, it would be you, sister. Yoth had spoken many vows during her imprisonment in this world. She said whatever was expedient. But such vows were water in a river to her. They had no form and no power to bind her. Night protected her from men's silly notions of honor. Night allowed only for one loyalty, to itself. She wasn't so sure about Exo. Yoth would have to take measures to ensure her sister's loyalty. This is quite convenient, Clane said to Exo. What is? That you are a Shadline. Surely you mean to attend the armory, no? Yothazandra's wings unfurled. What is this about an armory? The dearth convenes? Clane relaxed and crossed his arms across his chest again. He had shaken off his anger and fear and again looked quite pleased with himself. They convene at the Hackwatch above Tierling. I have two Shadline friends who are attending. Are they loyal tonight? Yoth asked. They are loyal to me. He chuckled softly though I find their oath to the Order quite diverting. I've gone on some of their adventures just to see them suffer through their wanderings. Mac T is from Slyria. His sword is a hungry one, but he's mastered it, for now. He's a gallant man unless he drinks, and then he's ravenous for certain pleasures that the way of Till frowns upon. The other young man, Sinan, came into his weapon when he was only three years old, a great wooden club called Bash. 
He's thin as a rail, eats like a starving dog, but can't seem to put on enough flesh to sustain himself. It's the club. It gives him immense strength despite his puny stature. But if it's not strapped to his person, he's as weak as a baby dove. What rewards did you promise? What all such men want, wine, wealth, women, these two will remain on the periphery of the armory, hardly noticed. That's what the order does when weapons settle for unimpressive wielders. But in stolid they live like princes, and the force of destiny be damned. Oathbreakers cannot be trusted, Yoth said. But they can be used. Yoth turned her eyes to her sister. You will attend this armory. I want to know all that is said. I want to know who was there. Clain, you will turn your shadlines over to Exo's command. Exo threw her hands up. I was already planning to go when you summoned me. We could have saved a lot of bother if you would have left me alone. But I'll never trust those under his sway. Nevertheless, you will use them, perhaps to get close to our little cousin, who will certainly be there. She never could keep her nose out of everyone else's affairs. We never shared the same animosity that you and she did. I could ask her directly what she plans. She knows you are closer tonight than today. She will not trust you. She will poison the others against you. No, you must go disguised. That is the first sensible thing you've said, Exo grumbled. I had intended to wear a hooded cloak. None in Trine know I'm a Shadline, and I would keep it that way. It isn't seemly for a lady. A hooded cloak? Clane said, choking. That wouldn't look suspicious at all, you ridiculous twit. But allow me to help. Would you like to be a woman or a man? Exo stomped her foot, face going red. I don't trust you. You're just as likely to turn me into a mule or a hound. Clane put a hand on his chest and mocked a wounded tone. Me? I can't believe you'd even suggest such a thing. Yoth gave her wings a flap and called heat to her eyes. Clane might be able to resist her dragon fire for a little while, but Exo was not so powerful, and she well knew the pain of such flame. Seeing this, her sister relented. Leave me as I am, but for my face. But keep me beautiful. The Mercus resonance grew again in Clane, and he flourished a hand across Exo's face. She transformed totally, her nose elongating, her mouth narrowing. Her eyes went dark and her hair reddened. Not beautiful at all, which Yaw thought rather more fitting. El will feel this murkous glamour, Exo said, a note of victory in her voice. She will not, Clane said. You can sense it because you are inside of it, but no one on the outside will notice, unless they try to heal you. And of course you must remain quelled until you get into the hackwatch. I assume you have an artifact or two that can achieve that. Exo's anger flared again. How dare you? I've been able to mask since I was enough, Yoth said, stamping her foot and cuffing her sister upside the head with the tip of her wing. Go to the armory, learn the Shadline's plans, and when I summon you next time, be swift. Exo growled but said nothing else. Yoth was happy to have awakened the Dragnathan rage within her sister. Exo needed that reminder, 
She had lived too long as a human woman, had adopted too much of their lazy weakness. Go. Exo dimensed, leaving behind a thick cloud of murkus green out of spite. Clane waved his hand in front of his face and coughed. So rude. Why do you tolerate it? Does the carpenter throw away his saw because it is dull? No, he sharpens it, and then he uses it. And if it should buck occasionally, that is its nature. But now I will deploy you. First, bring me Exo's children. Clane clucked again, lips going pale. I see. Regrettable, but I see. After that, you will go to Tordain. The Autarch has found the Motherlight. You will take it from her. He smiled genuinely now. This might be truly interesting, and in truth I do itch to leave this world. He made an unnecessary flourish with his arms and dimensed, leaving behind just the slightest wisp of dimension smoke.